Hello all, there is the world as we know it and the world that we hope for. And often it's the effort of a few courageous doers which makes the difference. These are the change makers who rewrite status quo, making life better for all of us. These people deserve recognition, not only for their work, but also because there is a strong need at our end to be inspired by them. If you're wondering who they are, what drives them, how they think, and how they go about pursuing a collective good, you're in luck. So grab a cup of chai and listen to them break it down for all of us. This is me, Amlik, in conversations with some amazing people from all walks of life on Chai for Good. Thank you. Hello all, welcome to Chai for Good, a podcast by Chai Points Community Program, IROC. My name is Amlik and I'm excited to have Dr. Fatima J. Benazir as our guest. An amazing person, I really enjoyed my conversation with her before we did the final recording and I'm sure all of our listeners will enjoy her perspective on her area of work and life in general. To give the users a brief background on Benazir, Dr. Benazir is the Chief Scientific Officer and co-founder of Azuka Labs. She heads the R&D division, designing and developing a fluorophore library for the study of molecular components. Fluorophore are light-emitting chemical compounds. She's a postdoctoral researcher from Indian Institute of Science and is very passionate about scientific research and teaching. She's a scientist at heart and works actively in the lab developing new products including the molecular transport medium for COVID-19 sample collection, for which Azuka was recently awarded with the Technology Development Board Award from the Department of Science and Technology 2022. She was also awarded the National Startup Award for Women-Led Enterprises in 2020. And uh, uh, Dr. Benazir, or Benazir as uh, we'll be calling her and so do her friends, 42-year-old, a molecular biologist, she also came up with a new non-toxic basis to test for viruses in labs. About uh, Benazir, she grew up in Uti, did all her schooling there. She was telling me that outwardly she gave the impression of a docile child, but was actually a real rebel. Um, And quite the other way around, she insisted that her parents send her to boarding school and she managed to convince them. Uh, to do just that. And she also had no qualms in telling me that she regretted that decision. But then that sometimes happens to all rebels. I um, also wanted to briefly share with our listeners a little bit about Azuka. Azuka is based in Bangalore, um, India, with R&D unit at the Indian Institute of Sciences and a manufacturing facility in Penia Industrial Area, Karnataka. Azuka was recently awarded the best woman-led enterprise in Startup India India event. So welcome, uh, Benazir. Great to have you with us. Uh, hi, everybody. Um, thank you, Amalik, for the uh, very generous and nice uh, introduction that you um, gave about me. Yeah, but uh, I think uh, uh, this is just the beginning and uh, we have a long way to go. Uh, before we really realize our dreams. Uh, so it's just the beginning. We hope to cover a lot in the short period. So let me please get going with our icebreakers section. We want our users to get first a simple glimpse of you as a person, Benazir. So 
which one is your favorite movie and why and likewise your favorite book and why uh, yeah i think uh, that's a good question and uh, personally i don't connect with a lot of english movies and i connect only with the uh, regional movies or local movies uh, maybe because i understand them better and uh, my favorite movie is uh, a malayalam movie called trans so um actor the uh, key role there is uh, fahad fasal and he's really done great justice to the role he did the movie is primarily about how religion has become a very organized um, business institution and uh, it talks about how it goes about and how people are being uh, led in the direction that uh, the organization wants to go right lot of time we don't uh, question or uh, we don't have a habit of questioning when it comes to religion i think it's a problem uh, most of the religion primarily i'm a muslim and islam also teaches that when it comes to religion don't question just accept what it is and uh, that is what is clearly portrayed in the movie and i think that's the reason i just love it and um, coming to your second uh, question my favorite book one of my recent favorite books is a book called the glucose revolution i'm a scientist and i really connect to a lot of uh, scientific reading uh, but this is a beautiful book uh, written by jessie uh who talks about how glucose spikes in our body are a key to a lot of lifestyle disorders that we have today and how we can bring about that change and how you can uh, really control obesity or type 2 diabetes or lifestyle disorder diseases the amazing thing is any layman can understand the book if you know to read english i'm sure you will uh, be able to understand the book and her beautiful illustrations in grass which tell you if you eat a particular food uh how your glucose spikes and uh, at the end of the book she also gives a lot of tips on how we can control these uh, spikes so science in such simple words uh, this was my first book and i absolutely enjoyed reading thank you so much uh, benazir i am also very curious to pick up this book you know to begin with i think our listeners would also love to hear about your journey a little bit um you know your growing up days uh, as i mentioned you know you hail from uti uh, the uti to indian institute of sciences and then your transition from a scientist to an entrepreneur were there any hardships in this journey and i'm sure there were some how did you overcome them i think your journey itself is such a fascinating one i would love for our listeners to get a glimpse into it so please benazir yeah uh, so i was uh, born and brought up at a small town in tamil nadu called uti i hope for most of uh, you know Uh, about it it's a beautiful hill station although it has lost its uh, sheen now it's become more of a uh, commercial place but however yeah uh, my uh, school days were amazing i was part uh, i i got educated in a uh, normal but good school called bricks bricks all in the secondary school and i think uh, the foundation for uh, knowledge was laid there because we had a beautiful headmistress and a teacher called uh, Mr. Sarojini Naidu, who motivated all of us uh, uh, to really acquire real knowledge, and uh, uh, I think uh, from then on, I've always been interested in biology more than I would uh, specify that I'm more of a biologist than uh, uh, general science. Uh, yeah, a little bit of chemistry I like, but physics is something I never understand <laughs> till today. Uh, and um, I think I've always been passionate about science, and I. um uh, opted for pure science uh, during my uh, puc days or the uh, junior college days and um, 
as everybody those days i think the only four professions that everybody aspired was to become a doctor or an engineer or, or a, uh, in computer science or otherwise a teacher so uh, yeah i think because i was interested in biology then i had a natural inclination uh, to become a doctor um, but uh, yeah i lost uh, or i couldn't uh, get admission uh, to mbbs because i lost by 0.3 points or something in my cut off at that point in time so i was really uh, upset and then uh, i opted for a uh, a biotechnology course in a college called phd college of arts and science one of the premier institutes in bangalore at that point uh, because i had good grades i got admission easily there and uh, uh, yeah uh, and it was the second batch of uh, ugc sponsored course in biotechnology it was a uh vocational course so primarily the course was started uh, to ensure that uh, uh, people get jobs or uh, become entrepreneurs i remember uh, reading a uh, subject on entrepreneurship at that point in time although i didn't understand or i didn't really realize that i'll become an entrepreneur at some point in life so after that i went on to do my masters and my phd you know uh, i also had a eight to nine year experience uh, being a uh assistant professor in one of the colleges teaching molecular biology which my, which was my favorite subject so i opted teaching at that point in time because i really got inspired by my uh, phd and msc supervisor or teacher he was an amazing teacher uh, although i am not a botanist i i know a lot of uh, binomial names because uh, because of him for every plant he used to give a story he used to give a background that you never forget it so then i I really thought I'm going to be only a teacher, and I ended up uh, in teaching. But uh, eventually, uh, down the line, I realized that uh, without research, I was not feeling intellectually uh, challenged and stimulated. So I, <laughs> I thought uh, teaching without research is something very saturating, and I wanted to um, really make a shift. So uh, as soon as I finished. Uh, my phd when i was teaching i started applying for postdoctoral positions in fact uh, just before i got my postdoctoral position i was offered uh, uh, the controller of examinations uh, post in my college and uh, i had 5 minutes to decide i tried calling my family nobody fit so i went and said no my dad was very upset he said that it would have been a permanent uh, job for you why did you have to say no but i couldn't imagine myself doing uh, monotonous things day in day out setting question papers and conducting exams i couldn't imagine myself there uh, so i think i'm happy i took uh, that decision however i start i started applying for post office positions then and i i applied for uh, dbt's research associateship and there's also one of india's premier fellowship called dr ds kothari uh, post office fellowship so i cleared both so for application process i needed uh, some professor uh, to accommodate me in his lab so i i wrote to a couple of professors in the indian institute of sciences only uh, professor mrn murthy from molecular biophysics unit agreed to accommodate me although i was from a different domain uh, he said that uh, i i'm willing to accommodate you for the passion you have because i was the mother of two at that point in time and he said not for uh, many women want to pursue their passion and uh, that's how i ended up in um, uh, indian institute of sciences and i absolutely enjoyed so while i was about to complete my postdoctoral fellowship i was looking for other fellowships because i understood that 
teaching is something I cannot do again if it is not associated with research. And uh, the job opportunities in Central Universities and Good Universities in India was uh, not very promising. So I sent my resume to my uh, schoolmate. Uh, we've been friends from class 1 to 10, Alex. Uh, his name is Alex. And we used to go to tuitions together. My mom and his dad were colleagues. And uh, I sent my resume to him. Obviously, it was not me. My, he met my mom in her, in her office. And she happened to uh, tell him that, uh, uh, please uh, do something about her. She's not stopping to learn. And she wants to keep studying and learning. And she's not uh, doing something with which she'll settle in life. So then I sent my resume to him. And he accidentally happened to look at my resume. And he thought that I had done some significant work. And we started having some conversations then. And uh, it was during one of these conversations that um, the idea about Azuka really broke out because he asked me, what do you do? I see you have done so much of work. You work in the lab on holidays, vacation, all days, and what do you do afterwards? The simplest answer any academician or scientist would give is publications. So he asked, what uh, after publication? And I said, there may be better journals, the nature, the self. That's what every scientist dream is. Then he asked, what after that? the citations we'll see how many people cite our work and that's it and what after that he said, no, nothing after that <laughs> that's it that's end of story so he asked me one question which really changed my perception about research at this university he said are you trying to tell me that you're burying all your lifetime's hard work and amazing work in big books which not a lot of people read or which only uh, the scientific community can understand. I think that question really changed my perception about what I was doing. And eventually, he motivated me and inspired and convinced me to build something worthwhile of the research uh, that we did. And that is how, uh, yeah, and that is how Azuka began. That's, yeah, uh, quite an elaborate and long <laughs> No, no, this is so fascinating, you know, I mean, this is so fascinating. And I'm, I'm reminded of uh, two lines from a, a poem that I am really fond of. Uh, there is this lovely poem. Uh, it's called The Man and the Glass. And it was written in, I think, 1930s by this guy called Peter Dale Winbro. So there are two lines, you know, the poem. I mean, it's a long poem, but two lines which sort of relate to what you just spoke about, you know. It says the fellow whose verdict counts the most in your life is the one staring back from the glass. So the glass here alludes to the mirror. You know, I mean, your family will say, friends and the world will say, but it's your own image from the glass whose verdict is going to matter the most. So, I mean, in a way, you kind of narrated just that. So you listen to your calling and, uh, of course, prompted by question that was asked and you started Azuka. The name of Azuka, Benazir also has an interesting history. How about sharing that with our listeners too? Uh, so we started Azuka in 2015. So Azuka happens to be a Brazilian Portuguese uh, name. Uh, my co-founder, uh, he's uh, he was ex-director uh, uh, of product management at a software company called Zoho and he had a lot of traveling to do. I think he did some... Uh, uh, customer installation in around 40 countries and uh, in uh, while he was uh, in a Brazilian salsa bar somewhere he felt that what he was doing uh, was simply uh, selling uh, IT service management and he really got a disconnect from what he was doing and he wanted to do something uh, worthwhile on his own 
so um, that's when I think he really felt that he will uh, name his uh, company Azuka, and that is how he named Azuka. Azuka means uh, sugar uh, in uh, Brazilian Portuguese. as well as in tamil nadu in tamil if you go to the southernmost district they still call sugar asaska so it uh, we thought that it would be a sweet journey and that's how we uh, named azuka and yeah a lot of people call us bazuka now but <laughs> this is uh, what azuka means and uh, yes it has been a sweet journey although there it uh, although it was a roller coaster journey i think it has been sweet. very nice and uh, you know i was also reading that most of your team members comprise of women was that a conscious choice uh, and why any any comments on that please Uh, no uh, to be very uh, honest with you it was not a conscious choice uh, but i think we have a cha- challenge when we are hiring talent in the biotech sector in india itself although by, uh, the biotech uh, hub is bangalore and uh, you know uh, bangalore uh, has been in the forefront of biotechnology uh, since the days of kiran narendra shah but i think hiring talent is still a challenge say for example and a lot of um, students who pursue science and biotechnology today happen to be girls okay that's also you know, because i think the boys want to get into engineering or computer science which are high paying jobs you don't have to uh, uh, struggle with your studies and uh, so it's only mostly girls that uh, are uh, hit ratio right if we interview 80 candidates we are able to hire one candidate or only there we find the right talent although we don't look for uh, their skills in cutting edge um, uh, techno- uh, techniques what we look for is uh, strong basic foundations right we look for people who have who understand their basics right so that they are easily trainable so if you get your basic right applying it is not a challenge but uh, what we see most of the time is um the candidates do they talk about cutting edge uh, techniques but when it comes to the basics Uh, they really fail, and uh, uh, that's the reason why most of the time it's only uh, women we are able to hire, especially for the R and D positions. And similarly, marketing and sales in this domain also has been a challenge. Uh, so, hiring talent has been a real challenge for us. Speaking of gender, Benazir, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in our country, it is difficult to maintain work-life balance, especially for women. And at least I feel the simple reason there is that the expectations often are absolutely unrealistic. You know, from everybody in your supposed support system also. And now you yourself have been a mother of two. Would you like to shed some light on how you have managed your life? What are your operating principles here? So to be very honest, I'm a single mother of two kids. So my daughter is in class twelve, and my son goes to class seven. but what i believe uh, i think i have a totally different perspective of uh, parenthood uh, i i personally believe i learned what to do and what not to do from my own parents i believe that uh, you know uh, you have to be you have to establish uh, or you have to become real friends with your parents uh, with your kids not call yourself friends but you have to really become uh, friends you have to understand and empathize with their emotions So that's one thing I think I successfully established. Uh, there are instances where at times my mother nowadays uh, looks at how I handle my daughter and says, "I didn't know so many days, uh, so many these days can be used to handle kids those days." I wish I was a better mother like you at that point of time. There are instances where my mother says that it's very simple. 
I, I try to be friends with uh, my kids, understand their, whatever they are going through, there are teenage issues, I understand them. And I also believe that uh, you cannot uh, teach um, uh, children by just saying something or by just lagging. I feel that they invite things by seeing you. So I think you have to live the life uh, or you have to live what you want your child to become. So I strongly believe in this and I try to, uh, yeah, I try to uh, live what I want them to be. And I think uh, that's the best way you can keep your kids grounded and uh, really uh, get them do things you want to do. There's no point in just nagging and lecturing and advising them. None of us like it and I'm sure <laughs> our own kids will hate us for that. No, I mean, uh, very simply put, but very tough to implement because when you have to you know, sort of lead with the life you want your children to go through, then you have to take out time to show them that life. Yeah, exactly. You know? uh, I think I want to stress one point here. Okay? I don't uh, portray myself to be an ideal uh, mother to my kids. I, uh, my daughter knows all my mistakes, all my failures, everything that I have done. She knows every day I shared every mistake of mine with her. Uh, so I, I really uh, try to tell them that, see, I did all these mistakes and you can learn from my mistakes. That's one thing. And I think it also gives uh, them the feeling that it's okay to fail, it's okay to do mistakes. I think what parents today, a lot of parents do is uh, they are idealistic. They portray that kind of an image and they say, uh, uh, if you have done some mistakes, it's a sin. So I think that actually... Uh, um, remove the confidence of kids. Right? Everybody does mistakes, and we know that. And I think it's the uh, it's your mistakes uh, that is what that makes you eventually, right? So I think I teach them. That I I um, I really have a lot of discussions with them, and tell them it's okay to fail. It's okay to do mistakes. It's normal. Just don't repeat it. That's what, and you have to learn from your mistakes and move forward. Uh, that way, I think uh, because I shared my mistakes uh, and my failures with kids, it was easy to become more familiar with them. That was that was such a wonderful perspective, and uh, I hope people listen to this part. <laughs> you know, especially parents. Benazir, on role models, who have been your role models, and uh, how do you think of role models? And likewise. You know, um, I can see that you're a very reflective mother and you're obviously a very committed professional. But there will be moments of stress, moments where things, too many things seem to be piling up. So how do you handle that? So I've asked you two questions, yeah. really, role models and yeah. uh, stress handling yeah. techniques. Uh, yeah. yeah, to be very uh, frank with you, right? yeah, I have had uh, some teachers who were my role models. I don't know in school, there was uh, Miss Naidu and... Uh, my professor, Mr. Ravi Kumar, even Professor Savitri now, who's still my advisor and mentor. Uh, I think uh, they are my real uh, role models, if I have to say. But uh, to be very frank, I'd say I'm not much of a, a role model-driven person. I think I'm more of a cost-driven person. I don't know where I got it from because I always uh, felt that... Uh, I need to do something worthy of my life. Even in 10th, right, I used to say, I have to create a cure for cancer and I want to uh, really uh, do something. So these were my wild dreams, to be very honest. I don't know if I'll be able to do that. Uh, but yeah, I do get inspired by people whom I, I am in with day-to-day uh, -day life because I think uh, you become 
uh, you actually become what you admire. So I've had a lot of people who whom I admired. So in fact, even Alex, my co-founder, somebody whom I admired because his perspective to things and uh, his views are 360 degrees, whereas uh, mine is more uh, uh, <laughs> concise towards science and technology. So I think I learn a lot of uh, um, a lot from people who I inspire and who I come across in my day-to-day life. Uh, but I'm more of a cost-driven person than a um, role model driven person. That's what I would say. Right? I don't want to be like somebody. I want to be me and make my life more. So that is what I believe in. And uh, the second question uh, you asked, yes, uh, you know, entrepreneurship itself is a very tough journey. I'm sure you know that. But entrepreneurship in biotech is totally different. <laughs> It's, uh, I would say, a hundred times more stressful than uh, the e-commerce or the software kind of entrepreneurship. Uh, being, you know, molecules behave the way they want. They won't listen to you. You cannot fix bugs easily. It takes a lot of time and uh, funding situations are difficult. And especially when there are also challenges at home, it becomes very stressful. I'll be very um, honest to say that I am resorted during the earlier days because I didn't have any support from family and I started with this journey. We had to face a lot of shame, struggles, negativity and uh, whatnot. I, I was, uh, there was a point where it started affecting, I started getting into depression and it started affecting my day-to-day activities. So my son was quite young then, two to three years old. Um, so I, I went to a psychiatrist and I did uh, seek some help. So what I want to stress here is uh, I think you have to accept what you're going through. Then there is always a solution instead of uh, having stigma and fear about facing it. I think that's what I did. And I absolutely have no stigma or I don't feel bad uh, sharing that I resorted to this kind of help. But however, I took some medication and treatments only for six months because simultaneously I had started yoga and uh, it really helped me. Yoga and meditation really helped me and I still do some little bit of exercise and meditation every day which keeps me. And other than that, yes, travel is something, uh, travel and me time is something that I enjoy. I send kids uh, during vacation to my home, uh, hometown to my parents and I have a 15 day to 20 day me time for myself. I don't feel bad or guilty about it. You know, my mom at times will try to put that guilt in me, saying that, how come you don't miss the kids? How do you say that you want to me any time? Uh, people try to put that guilt in me. But uh, it doesn't mean that if you have 15 days of time for yourself, you don't love your kids, right? I think uh, uh, that is not the way you really express your love for your children. And that's what I believe. I don't feel guilty about it. Even if people forcefully try to make me feel guilty, I don't feel guilty about it. I, I take my own time. And I do some long drives. Uh, long driving is something I do. Really, uh, it's, uh, I learned driving just three, uh, three years back and uh, I'm just loving it. So this is how I manage. <laughs> Getting to the last question of our uh, lovely conversation here, Benazir. You know, so Chai Tales, this is really the last section. What is the best piece of advice that you have received? And uh, maybe a supporting question, which is in sort of a... Uh, platform for you to really kind of share with our listeners what's dear to you at the moment that you would like them to know? I think the best piece of advice that I've received is, uh, you know, dream big, don't fear to dream, and uh, follow your passion. 
So that's, I think, the best piece of advice uh, that I've ever received because I used to have limitations in dreaming, right? So I used to think, okay, I can achieve this, so I will dream only that much. Uh, so the, uh, my imagination or my ability to dream won't go beyond uh, what I believe I'm capable of achieving. So I think uh, that's, uh, I, I personally feel that's one of the best advice I received because uh, a dream is a dream and you need not have boundaries to dream and you can really uh, dream big. And uh, following your passion, I think when you do everything with passion, uh, whatever you want in life follows, right? So that's, uh, again, another advice uh, uh, that I've received uh, both from the same person. I think uh, that's what I'd like to advise all the kids and their parents today, right? Uh, dream big, let your kids de- dream big. <laughs> Don't curtail their, their dreams by enforcing your dreams on them. Uh, that's what I would like to say. And uh, one uh, uh, bit of things I want to tell a lot of uh, uh, most of the women out here is never uh, sacrifice your career uh, for family. I know a lot of times most of us want to, uh, are, are, are in circumstances where we are forced to choose uh, family over career. I'm sure we are capable of uh, striking a good balance, but what uh, the best thing that you can do to your kids is be a real role model that they look up to and uh, nothing beyond that, right? Uh, yeah, nowadays, you know, food, everything else, there are hundred options. But what is missing, what the kids are missing are real role models. And I think parents have to be those role models. And uh, you should never let go of your passion and career for family. And we can always balance. We can figure out ways to have a good balance. And, um, you know, um, anything about Azuka that you would like the listeners to know? What is, um, you know, what's the next horizon for Azuka? What's driving you professionally there? Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, that's something I definitely want the users to know about. Uh, so Azuka, although I don't want to go into the technicalities of it, we are driving, uh, trying to, uh, we started the Azuka with the mission and vision to build premium molecular biology products from India. The reason being uh, the biotech uh, sector in India is known for uh, services, right? Contract research organizations and contract manufacturing organizations, primarily because labor and uh, everything else is steep here. So we wanted to build premium um, molecular biology products from India. That's the vision of Azuka. And I think uh, we are successful. Uh, we have been successful in building those products. So we use biotechnology as a tool to ha- solve uh, diagnostic and healthcare problems. One thing I want to stress here is before COVID, right, the penetration of uh, very accurate and specific molecular diagnostics in India was 12%. We were uh, dependent on uh, conventional methods like ELISA and other things which are not uh, specific or accurate. So only after COVID, RT-PCR became quite significant because who mandated it to be the gold standard in testing. The reason being, you can test the infection within uh, uh, when the person has got the infection in less than three days. It is very accurate. You can also know how much of virus the person has. So that's the advantage of molecular diagnostics. And India has been importing all these molecular diagnostic chemicals and reagents from the US or Germany. 
uh, which adds on to 40% turds on the costs. And that's the reason why India could not afford molecular diagnostics before. So we are on a mission to uh, upgrade India and other low and middle income countries like us to molecular diagnostics. Uh, so we uh, really have products uh, that are used in COVID-19 testing and COVID-19 sample collection, and we are trying to uh, bring this upgrade to these countries. Not only that, uh, now we are also in the process of moving to the US. Uh, primarily, I want to stress one point here because a lot of scientists in India say that uh, you know we will use only high-quality German products or products from the US. So I think we have to go ourselves to the US and come back to India to get more acceptance. Although I'm laughing at it, I think it's a very sad state to be in while we are capable of uh, building these here itself. Uh, so that's what is uh, Zika's plan. And uh, I hope one day we will be, uh, we will uh, be known for having the built molecular, uh, that is built premium molecular biology products for the rest of us. No, thank you. Thank you. Amen to that vision. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Benazi. Thank you so much for the time and the perspective that you shared, not only on the professional side of your life, but also your personal side. And with great candor, uh, really, really appreciate that. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you, uh, Amulik, and uh, yeah, so much for this. But I think uh, I absolutely enjoyed this session, and uh, uh, I hope. Uh, <laughs> It's of use to somebody who listens to me. I'm very confident of that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.